Welcome to Everyday Economics, a podcast that helps you learn about the economic world happening around you every day. I'm your host, Chris Krug, president of the 501c3 nonprofit, nonpartisan Franklin News Foundation. Everyday Economics is a production of America's Talking Network. You can check out all of our great podcasts at americastalking.com. To support Everyday Economics and podcasts such as this one, please make your tax-deductible charitable contribution by clicking the link in the show description. We are recording today's episode on Monday, July 24th. Joining me as always is Dr. Orfe Divungi, PhD economist, Dr. O. We've talked quite a bit about the uh, gap in, in housing in the United States, and you've estimated uh, before several times that you know we might be as many as 2 million housing units short 4.3 million. How crazy! Perhaps is that? You, you've squared the number since the last time we talked about it. But regardless, there's a huge gap there. Let's go with yours. 4.3 million um, short of places for people to live. Housing starts, you know, were basically are, you know indicators of builder sentiment in in the real world, not just a feeling about it, but they're actually they're doing something. Housing housing starts had been kind of rolling along at at, uh, at levels we perhaps haven't seen in this country in, in uh, decades, that tapped the brakes in June. The number of housing starts went down, somewhat surprising. What's going on? What do you make of the marketplace right now? Totally. Look, I think the weakness in housing starts in June had everything to do with multifamily construction. The pace of building multifamily units, apartments has slowed. It had to. Uh, we have a record number of those multifamily units currently under construction and rent growth has already cooled substantially. And so it doesn't make sense for builders to continue building apartments, uh, you know, for, at least for, for them financially, you know, it's not going to, it's not going to work out. If you have a bunch of units, vacant units on the market and you're still building more and rent growth is, is coming down to, uh, to, you know, in some places, even below pre-pandemic level. And so, and so it has, in my opinion, it, it had a lot to do with the, the, the slowdown in multifamily buildings. In fact, that's what the census numbers show. And, uh, but, I, but I don't think builders are throwing in the towel. I think builders are smart. I mean, you look at, you look at uh, builder sentiment is still increasing. You look at uh, the stock of some of these publicly traded construction, residential construction builders, Man, it's unbelievable. They're doing great. And why are they doing so great? They're doing so great because, you know, the, the demand for housing is still exceeds supply. You have existing homeowners that have pulled back tremendously that are uh, choosing not to, uh, not to sell, right? They're, we've talked about this on the podcast. They're sitting on low interest rates, low mortgage rates. They have uh, very, they have very little incentive to trade a, Three percent mortgage rate for seven percent. Just you know, if you could get seven percent at this point, you know, most places around the country, those numbers are much bigger than that. Exactly, and so that's part of the the situation. So builders now have a, a larger share of that of the housing market, and uh, and so yeah, they, they 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 can be there to absorb all of this demand. We have the largest generation, millennials, trying to buy a home. Right, they, they've come of age. They want to buy homes. They want to start families, and builders are here to kind of pick up the slack, and uh, and that's great. And so you're seeing the uptick in single-family permits that have been climbing since January from 748,000 to 922,000 
by the way, this is a seasonally annual adjusted rate. And, and so, and they rose again in June by 2.2% in June. So you, you, you know, the builders are pivoting to where demand is at and the demand is for single family units. And you and I have talked about this before and I'll make a point and then you can, you can close this out here. The size of the American home is changing. The needs of the American home buyer changing. And, and you're, you're of strong opinion that more smaller homes are, you know, what is needed. And, and certainly, you know, with the lives that, that some people uh, choose to, you know, choose to live in particular, you know, millennials, you haven't said that. So if I'm getting this wrong, you can tell me that I'm wrong. But what I've inferred from, from what you've said is that, you know, that perhaps millennials want a, 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 a simpler form of life. So that mean, would mean they don't want to be cutting their, they don't want to be cutting lawns. You know, they don't want to be, you know, caring necessarily for, for their properties. They would prefer to live in a, in a, you know, in, in some community where that that's all taken care of for them so that they can do what they need to do. Yeah, but I mean, part, part of it is not just, first of all, I, th- I don't think it's just an opinion thing. It's what is selling right now? What's selling right now is, uh, you know, new construction buyers are basically buying townhomes in communities with amenities. They like the amenities. They're also climate conscious. They, they don't want a big footprint, right, to leave a big footprint. They want to, you know, they, they're climate conscious. They want the smart home capabilities. Uh, you know, they want, uh, they, they don't, they, you know, you look at homes today. It's not about the rooms anymore, it's not about having four or five bedrooms anymore. It's really about having space that actually works for your family. You know, you look at these open spaces. They're beautiful. They let more light in so you don't have to turn on the light all the time, right? Uh, and, and so that's what, you know, they're taller, slimmer, sleeker uh, units that are, for, you know, in communities with gyms and swimming pools and and, and all that stuff. And, and it's a beautiful thing to see. Uh, and I think we need more of that. You know, also space has gotten very expensive, right? It's very costly. And so if there's a way to land has gotten very costly. So if there's a way to continue building, right? Uh, and to make housing more affordable, if you look at the data, when the U.S. economy, when the housing market slowed last year, uh, Competition for more affordable, smaller homes was remained very stiff, right? So like all the big units sat out there, but people went towards the more affordable, smaller units. Uh, and so that's still part of the story. And builders are responding to that by basically building exactly what people uh, want and need uh, in, the, in today's uh, you know, challenging, I would say, housing market. I appreciate those thoughts. For Orfei Devangi, this has been Chris Krug. Subscribe to Everyday Economics and dozens of other quality podcasts at americastalking.com. <laughs>